if you are experiencing discomfort and pain or any of the symptoms above frequently and it's impacting your day-to-day life, it's impacting your ability to go to work or it's impacting your mood or your self-confidence, then that is a time to start looking at, at the issues and addressing them. And I think it's really important for women to understand that while it's really common to have PMS, it's actually not normal. It's not something that we just brush under the carpet. Welcome to the Vitable Wellness Lab, where we welcome experts to discuss the science of health and well-being. My name is Lara Lutati. I am the co-founder and CEO of Vitable. Thanks for tuning in. The information we share is for educational purposes only. Always consult with your health professional before making any changes to your health routine. Today I'm joined by Stephanie Hinton, a clinical naturopath. Hi, Lara. Hi, Steph. Really thrilled to have you today. Thanks for having me. And so we're here to discuss premenstrual symptoms, aka PMS, and hormones. So Steph, PMS is a topic of concern for many Australian women, with uh, more than 75% of them Mm. reporting that uh, they experience premenstrual symptoms and 20 to 40% of them uh, reporting debilitating symptoms. Uh, Perhaps we can start with what led you to study naturopathy, because I think it's linked to um, the topic. Yes, definitely. My story, I think, is very similar to a lot of clinicians and naturopaths in that I was led to naturopathy from my own personal experience um, with hormonal health and, and issues there. So I was in my early 20s and I was loving my corporate life, but I was burning the candle at both ends and really just living life, working long hours, guzzling coffee, Um, probably not eating too well, enjoying my social life on the weekends. And I started to get a lot of premenstrual issues. So really painful periods and really debilitating pain, acne, brain fog. Uh, It really started to impact me. And the catalyst where I finally sought help was I was getting IBS symptoms as well around my period. And I just started to feel unwell. And it wasn't until a friend of mine actually suggested to go and see a naturopath and I'd never done that before. So I went, I booked an appointment and uh, walked into the clinic and immediately was just at peace. Uh, My naturopath, I remember she poured me a cup of herbal tea, which was groundbreaking for someone who just smashed coffees. Uh, And we went through my symptoms in a lot of detail. And even in that first session, I started to understand where a lot of my lifestyle choices were having these knock-on effects and she just pieced it together for me and it was so incredible to finally understand that I could actually fix the problems and that they were just signs and messages from my body. And so cut to a couple of years later, I was so inspired. I went and studied and then ended up going into clinical practice as a naturopath helping other women who had menstrual issues. So interesting. Yeah. Um, and so what are, maybe we start with that, what are premenstrual symptoms, so PMS, yeah. and um, what's, uh, what are different symptoms can, that people can experience? Yeah, so PMS is premenstrual syndrome. That's what it stands for. And essentially, it's a collection of physical and emotional symptoms that women experience both leading up to their period and during menstruation. And what's really interesting is there's actually five different types of PMS and people don't realize that. And I think what 
is so beneficial there is that you can use those different types to help pinpoint what you're experiencing. And for some people, you might just have one type. For others, you might have all types. But at least once you understand, you can start to address them. So I'll I'll take you through the types um, quickly. So the first one is PMSA, which is anxiety. And a lot of women experience PMSA, you know, without throughout their period, they might have you know, moments of anxiety and it could be unexplained. And that's typically related to their cortisol, their HPA axis and hormonal imbalance. We then have PMSC, which is cravings, which a lot of women can experience. And you kind of just expect that that's normal. But generally, PMSC is a result of nutritional deficiencies. Potentially, you're not getting enough magnesium in your diet. So you're craving that sugar and chocolate. It's also related to blood sugar imbalances. So really looking at stress and sleep and how you're really managing your energy levels so that you're not going for those high sugar, high calorie treats in the afternoon to keep you going. We then have PMSH, which is hyperhydration. So that is for women who experience severe bloating and water retention and swollen breasts. And, you know, they might get to leading up to their period and think, I just feel like I've gained five kilos of water weight. And that's a real indication that you may may have estrogen excess. So it's not something to be scared of, but it's really interesting that your body can start telling you, hey, things are imbalanced and you can start looking at what that might, you know, what is causing that estrogen excess. The next one is PMSD or PNDD, which is one I've seen a lot in clinic. It's PMS depression or P, uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Now, that's not to say that if you have depressed like symptoms that you, it's related to your hormones, always speak to your GP, your doctor and get support there. But if you notice that throughout your cycle, you have these huge drops all of a sudden in mood mm. from, you know, feeling great to suddenly feeling feeling really low and it's unexplained. And then maybe 24 hours later, you think, oh, I'm okay again. And you notice that it's cyclical and it keeps happening. Then you might want to start looking at whether there's a hormonal fluctuation that is causing this. So that's PMDD. Um, And typically that's caused by histamine intolerances and serotonin transmitters. So there's a lot there. Always good to speak with a clinician if that's kind of what's presenting for you. And then the final one, which was really what came up for me, it was uh, PMSP, which is pain. And that's Mm. that debilitating, painful period, cramping either right before your period, during or throughout the whole month. And that's one where it's really caused by inflammation and hormonal imbalance. So you really want to be looking at what's happening in your, in your diet and lifestyle that could be causing that inflammation. So for me, it was stress. I was living in a moldy house. Um, I had a, I was looking at potentially endometriosis. So there was a lot of inflammation and the things I had to do to support that was really looking at my plastic uh, intake around phthalates in my skincare and my perfumes and whether they were impacting my endocrine system, as well as food intolerances that were inflaming my body. So yeah, there's a lot there, but um, there's just so much you can do once you have that knowledge and education around what type you might have. Yeah, that's so interesting. I had no idea that they were, you know, those different types of PMS. Mm-hmm. But so the last one that you mentioned was um, around pain. Yeah. And I feel that, you know, when I talk to my friends or, you know, even myself, I, I experience period pain on a regular basis. So when do we know if the, this pain is actually normal or outside of normal range? And when do we actually need to seek help? Yeah, it's such a good question. I really believe that if 
you are experiencing discomfort and pain or any of the symptoms above frequently and it's impacting your day-to-day life, it's impacting your ability to go to work or it's impacting your mood or your self-confidence, then that is a time to start looking at, at the issues and addressing them. And I think it's really important for women to understand that while it's really common to have PMS, it's actually not normal. It's not something that we just brush under the carpet. I always say this, your body is really giving you messages and your period is really a scorecard of the previous few months. So if you're noticing these habits or these patterns, sorry, coming up over and over again over the the most recent few months, then that's a time to really address it and start seeking support and start making changes because your body is giving you some messages. So you just said that your symptoms uh, are a scorecard for uh, the last three months of your lifestyle Mm -hmm. and diet. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Why three months? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to ovulation, um, which is essentially what's happening when you have a period, your eggs mature over a three-month or 90-day period. So really when you're looking at even things like falling pregnant or just having a healthy cycle, you really want to be looking at those last 90 days that you've had as an opportunity to improve your period and your menstrual cycle. So that's why we say that if you are looking at your current period, it's a good reflection on how you've been treating your body for the last three months because your period will reflect those those changes. So interesting. And is, is it the reason why um, when someone, let's say, comes off for their pill or, or actually try a new contraceptive mm-hmm. pill, um, they're being told that it takes a minimum of three months for them to see the changes? Yeah, definitely. Because Essentially, when you're coming off the pill, you need to allow your body time to clear out those synthetic hormones and allow your natural hormonal cycle to take over. So there's a whole bunch around digestion and detoxification pathways that needs to occur. And your body needs time to regulate, especially if you've been on the pill for five or 10 years. You absolutely need to give yourself the grace period of a few months to allow those changes to come up. Makes sense. Um And actually, I heard, I've always heard that um, we should adapt the way we exercise based on where we are at in our menstrual cycle. Yeah. Is that true? And and what should we do? Like what, what habits should we adopt? Yeah, definitely. I think it is true. I've seen it work really well in clinic for clients. It's a really beautiful way to tune into your natural cycle and your natural body. And and I think it's important to understand for women that unlike men uh, who have a stable level of testosterone pretty much throughout their lives, they may have some peaks and troughs, women have fluctuations consistently throughout their month alone. So you really need to be, you know, honor yourself and allow yourself to have those fluctuations. And it's important to understand how they how they are happening in the body. So when it comes to exercising for your cycle, we call that cycle syncing. Mm. And it's essentially syncing your lifestyle and even your diet to the different seasons or the different phases of your cycle. A typical healthy cycle is 28 to 35 days, which typically spans over about four weeks, uh, give or take. And within that, there's four very distinct phases. And the best way I find to approach these is to think of phases like the seasons. So summer, autumn, winter, spring. So as an example, in uh, spring, that's right after your menstrual cycle concludes. You've just had your period. And if you think about springtime, which we're in right now, spring is like 
an opportunity to take the covers off, get out of the house, find your energy, feel revitalized, start increasing your exercise routine, um, maybe doing more running or hit or high intensity. And the reason for this is at this point, your estrogen is rising. So estrogen is such a beautiful hormone to increase your energy levels. And it's really great because it's the end of that cycle where you've been bleeding and you're coming out into a, a new opportunity, a new a new dawn, if you will. The next part is uh, summer. So if you think about what summer is in, you know, in our current lifestyle, summer is typically a really exciting, energetic opportunity. It's where you can do hit and high intensity because your estrogen is peaking. And the thing with estrogen is that it's also the hormone that helps you attract the opposite sex. It's the hormone that gives you confidence and energy. It's the hormone that helps you with libido. So if you think about summer, that's a really nice opportunity to go for it. Hit PBs when you're training, lift heavy weights, because that's where you you can really harness the estrogen. And then we head into autumn. So this is right after you ovulate. And typically you will notice if you're in tune with your cycle that when you ovulate, you see a sudden kind of change in your energy levels. So you might go from feeling really amazing at the gym to suddenly not really hitting those PBs or you're a bit sleepy, a little it's a little harder to get out of bed. And that's typically because progesterone is rising and estrogen is dropping. And progesterone rises because either you've conceived so you've ovulated and you've conceived so progesterone will support that conception or your body is preparing to have another menstrual cycle so there's a bit of a fluctuation there in autumn you can still exercise you can still move your body in fact I recommend it because it's really good for helping your body detoxify that estrogen however don't push yourself and expect the same results go easy on yourself And then the final cycle or the final season is, of course, winter. And it's exactly how it sounds. Go inward, rest your body for a couple of days. I have to say this to my clients because often they keep pushing and expecting the same results. So winter is really that chance to hibernate, rest your body, things like yin yoga, walking with a friend, stretching, just give yourself the the time to rest while you're having a bleed. And uh, of course, I think it's important to remember that during that time, we lose a lot of iron through blood and we lose nutrients. So you can't expect the same level of energy and output as you would in your summer or your spring phases. And Just as a final kind of wrap up of that, I think when we're talking about exercise and getting results, men can look at their results week on week. Women should really look at them month on month because compare your spring with next month's spring. Don't compare your spring with this month's winter, if that makes sense. It's, I love this. It's so interesting. And so I think it's a good reminder that for some women who menstruate, I mm-hmm. think important to to uh, to uh, to Absolutely. say that because uh, some some women don't don't menstruate, and maybe we mm-hmm. can touch uh, on this later. Yeah. But for women who menstruate, you are not crazy if you feel that there are some parts of the month where you just can't run, or you feeling you know that you yeah. you have your your little bit you have your legs are a little bit uh, swollen, yep. or and that you're not getting the result that you want. And and I think it's a good reminder to be kind to yourself, and Definitely. it's okay, it's natural. Yep. And I, I love this monthly comparison rather mm-hmm. than the than the weekly comparison. Definitely, and I've shared this with so many women, and it really does transform 
transform their understanding of their bodies, which I just think is such a gift to give someone to say, go easy on yourself. You know, you you can't expect the same all the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so perhaps yeah, a good um, a, a good time to touch on um, women who are not menstruating. Mm-hmm. So women who are in age of menstruating but yep. who are not menstruating, is it this also um, a sign perhaps that that the like is it your body mm-hmm. telling you something as well here? Yes. So there are situations where women aren't menstruating and generally there's a few different reasons this might be occurring. So one of them, which is quite common I've seen in women in their 20s and 30s is amenorrhea. And this is where typically women might be over-exercising and under-eating, which we do see unfortunately. And that can cause your periods to cease. And that's a real sign your body's saying, hey, I need nourishment. And the reason your body does this is because typically your body, you know, your reproductive organs are there to keep help you essentially reproduce. That's what the period or the cycle does. And it's not going to allow you to do that if it feels like it's in a state of danger or risk. So if it feels like it's not getting the nourishment it needs, Mm -hmm. then your body will cease its cycle. And I think that that's a really big eye-opener for women when you let them know, hey, I mean, only in certain situations, but if they're under-eating and over-exercising, their body's saying, I'm not good and we're not in a safe space. So if you're in that situation, definitely seek clinical help because there's so much support to help you adjust your habits and and get into a better mindset around exercise. Um, The other reason that someone might not have a period is thyroid issues. So if you've got hypothyroid, um, which is where you have an overactive thyroid or an underactive thyroid, that can really impact your menstrual cycle. So it's definitely one to get tested. You can go to your doctor and talk about that and start to look at what could be happening. Mm -hmm. But those are generally the two common causes for women who generally would have a period not having a period. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Mm. Um, And we throughout, I mean, me personally, when, you know, when I was a a teenager and and I got my my first period, I was told um, that a good way to reduce PMS was to take the contraceptive pill. And I think that's probably the experience of of many people. Mm -hmm. So why is that and how does the pill work? That's a really good question. So what it's important to understand about with the pill is it is a form of contraception. However, it doesn't reduce or fix your symptoms. And I think a lot of women may be a little bit misinformed or don't realize when they're taking the pill that what it's actually doing is suppressing your natural hormones. It's not balancing them. It's completely suppressing them and replacing them with a synthetic option. Mm. And where this could be difficult is that we actually need ovulation to occur for health in general. We need those hormonal changes. Women need estrogen. And when you take the pill, you're not getting that. And that's really important for a women's general health all the way up until menopause because you need that for healthy bones and longevity. It's not to say that the pill is evil. It's just really important to be informed about it. Do your research. Definitely speak to your GP, but also speak to your friends. Speak to people who've experienced the pill and be mindful that if you are going on the pill, that A, you need to make sure that you're supplementing because the the pill will deplete really critical nutrients in your body. Like B vitamins? Like B vitamins, exactly. And B, be mindful that if you come off the pill, it's going to impact your ability or how quickly you can fall pregnant or you can regulate your cycle. And when you do come off the pill, you likely 
you will likely have to address some of those symptoms that were there in the first place. So my advice is always, let's try and address them now and fix them. And if not, then we can look at the pill as an option. Of course, the pill is a great option for contraception and there are also other safe options as well. So there, you know, it's really up to you to make an informed decision and there's no judgment on taking the pill. Definitely. And so, yeah, the main the main piece here, I think, is that the pill will perhaps help alleviate some symptoms, but it's not going to address necessarily the root cause exactly. for most people. Yeah. And and so obviously up to up to everyone to, you know, how they want to manage it. But I think the main piece of information is that if you decide that you want to come off the pill and that's your mm-hmm. choice um, for whatever reason, you may want to go all natural yeah. or you may want to fall pregnant. Yeah. And um, just you need to keep in mind, and I think that's what you said earlier, um, that it, it may take a few months to to um, for your, your hormones to go back to kind of the normal cycle, yep. period in which you should still use a contraceptive mm-hmm. medium. Yes. Uh, but again, uh, consult with, you know, your doctor yes. or, or your health practitioner just to have, you know, the right advice. Definitely. All very interesting. Thank you, Steph. Um, and perhaps, yeah, as a, um, to, to conclude, um, for women who are trying to, to conceive and fall pregnant and want to, to focus on um, hormonal health, do you have any, any piece of advice? Yeah, definitely. I think if you are trying to conceive and you want to focus on your hormonal health and say you're not on the pill already, I always recommend women spend three to six months doing some preconception care. So what that looks like is start taking your prenatal, make sure that you're taking a balanced prenatal, start uh, focusing on your diet and getting all of the nutrients. Specifically, if you don't have a healthy diet at the moment or you know you're not nourishing your body, because if you do fall pregnant, you know, in those first three months, it can be tricky to get those nutrients in and what you have in your body already is going to really support that. So focus on your diet and and your exercise as well. Get fit and strong and really start thinking about removing toxins from your body because that's going to really support not only a healthy baby and a healthy egg that's going to turn into a baby, but it's also going to uh, ensure that you have a really healthy pregnancy. And what that means is cutting back on uh, chemical-based products in your makeup and your skincare and your shower care, thinking about what you're cooking with, all these things are going to help you have a really beautiful and healthy pregnancy. Um, But just as we touched on earlier, be mindful that it could take you time and that's okay. Your Your body will give you a healthy baby when it is ready. It just needs you need to really nourish those eggs that are in your ovaries and make sure you're taking the right supplementation to get the final result. Yeah, makes sense. And and for women who are experiencing PMS mm-hmm. are not wanting to conceive um, in, in the near future, what are natural ways to uh, reduce mm-hmm. um, PMS or, or manage, I guess, P- some PMS symptoms? Yeah. yeah, that's a really good question. So First, definitely identify the root cause. As we talked about earlier, once you understand what kind of PMS you might have, it's going to make you find the solution faster than just trying everything. So really look back at, listen back to what we were saying or do your own research and figure out what's happening for you. And then the next thing would be to Uh, Focus on your digestion because a lot of women who have premenstrual issues aren't having a regular daily bowel movement. And that looks like a healthy poop in the morning if you can, um, maybe one in the afternoon as well. 
And the reason for this is a daily bowel movement or a daily elimination allows you to clear out hormones uh, quite regularly, and that's going to help Mm. balance your hormones naturally. So without that daily bowel movement, those hormones can recycle in the body, and that's where we start getting all these crazy changes and fluctuations that we can't figure out. So that's a really easy one that looks like having more fiber in your diet, trying some chia seeds in your water in the morning, maybe taking a probiotic, uh, lots of simple interventions that can help you have that regular bowel movement. The next thing would be to reduce inflammation. So if you're experiencing pain or bloating and swelling, think about as we said earlier, intolerances in your diet, uh, things like wheat and gluten and dairy impacting you. Are you eating a lot of sugar? Because that's going to inflame your body. Are there intolerances in your environment like mold or plastics that you're not aware of that you can start to identify and cut down on? And then the final thing I would say that will really help is supplementation. So supplementation is different for everyone, but really looking at supplements that are going to support general hormonal health, things like magnesium and B vitamins and zinc are fairly safe and effective for all women. And then, of course, if you have very specific issues around inflammation, you might want to look at supplementation there as well. But just small, simple steps can help you feel so much better. Amazing. And uh, and perhaps just talking about technology, there are really, really cool apps out there. Yeah. And without naming any, but it, it easily, uh, you can easily find them yep. by on Google. But essentially some apps that for free mm. um, help you to track your cycle. So if you're unsure yep. on where you are at in your cycle, after one or two cycles, actually where you log uh, your period time, sorry, time where you have your period, etc. you're able to track yes. your, your cycle and that helps you identify where you're at and how to exercise according to... Such a good tip, actually. Really starting to tune into your cycle and noticing symptoms that crop up frequently will really help you uh, get to the bottom of your PMS. That's a great tip. Thank you, Steph. That was an amazing session. Really oh, enjoyed having you. Thank you for having me. 